Good morning, this is the Eager Beaver Show. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media Podcast. The True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. Good morning and hello, kids. Welcome to season three and episode number 286 of the Daily Beaver Morning Show here on the Cryer Media Network. Ooh. <laughs> Today, recording day is Tuesday, January 2nd. Yes. 2024. I do not know why I'm having trouble with dates the last two days, but no, it should be easy. One, two. <laughs> Even when I was programming the show the other time and near the end of the year, when you go on, on Twitter to program, it was five days ahead. So I was putting December 31st and then I was pressing save, but it was saving December 31st, 2024. And as I noticed, it's, oh God, I have to go back and redo all the work. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, why can't they just put it to today? <laughs> just hold it. Set the date put to it today. You're ahead. Yeah. 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 I've, I've been having trouble with numbers. Mm. Apparently, numbers are hard. <laughs> so there you go. Hell yeah. Nasty <laughs> side. Oh, man. He. All right. I'm your host, the Eager Beaver Protons. He, him, hey, Mr. Beaver A. And with me, as always, is my good friend, Mr. Grizzly. Big thank you goes to our podcast founding sponsors, The Pepper Master, Miss Fee Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. We have a nibble for you today because I assume it's back to the daily grind. Back to the daily grind. Back, back to the, the office today. All right. But before we do anything else, let's ask Mr. Grizzly. We had a little chat before we went on air, but for the benefit of all the kids, how your mental health is doing today, sir? Honestly, it's off. I woke up at 2 o'clock this morning. Couldn't get back to sleep and then anxious thoughts start creeping in and stupid anxious thoughts like, did I pay that bill? Do I have enough money to pay that bill? Do I have to be at the thing at a certain time? Like ridiculous things. And I said, uh, okay, Paul, clear your brain, clear your mind. No, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I couldn't get back to sleep. I fell asleep probably around five when the alarm went off and then woke up at six and then hit snooze for 30 minutes till I climbed out of bed at 6.30 and... Here we are. I'm not there. Mm. <laughs> I'm in his body, but not mine. <laughs> mm. I'm in a similar state to the, not last night, but the two nights before. No sleep at all. Not even, I didn't even yawn. Oh, no? So, not, like, no signal from my body to go to bed. I had a bit of a nap two days ago, about uh, an hour and a half. But yesterday, around uh, three o'clock, I was actually a little earlier. Really weird thing happened that never happened to me, even like with all my insomnia that I've had. Mm -hmm. I was standing up in the kitchen and I was eating a piece of toast mm -hmm. like this. And I fell asleep standing up and I was tilting forward face down wow. into the counter in front when I woke up, as I was waking up and caught myself. I actually, that, so... I went to bed <laughs> and I did sleep for a bit. I slept like from about three till about eight thirty, 
So mm-hmm. I basically got what my normal night sleep is. Right. And then a different time. Just at a different time. And then because my beaver sweetie came home yesterday, because he was with family, we did our New Year's. So I made a lovely dinner and at midnight we counted down and we toasted some champagne and we went outside to, it seems it's a Romanian tradition. We went outside and we lit some sparklers. Mm. That's to celebrate in the new year. And I did that the night before with them because they videoed in afterwards, okay. which was nice. So I got to celebrate the actual one. And then about, yeah, an hour later, we went to bed and I did fall asleep. And I had that same recurring nightmare that's not really a nightmare in the sense that it's not like I was like falling off a plane or something or ter- somebody terrible was chasing me. But once again, it was, I was in a play and for some reason I forgot it was dress rehearsal night. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, I, gee, for some reason I can't remember my lines. And well, that, that would throw you for a loop, wouldn't it? Yeah. And it's, but we're coming close to dress rehearsal night, but, it's, but we're in that phase of the rehearsals where you're not allowed to call line anymore. You just have to figure it out because if something goes wrong on stage, you need to find. You can't look for line when you're on stage during the play. You got to. We got to figure it out. Fumble your way through it. Yeah, or improvise something or whatever. I thought, okay, exceptionally tonight, I'll just explain them that I haven't slept and I just can't recall stuff and I'll call line and people will indulge me. And as I'm looking out, no, it's dress rehearsal night and we have a full audience with critics. Yeah, that's so terrifying. now. And now I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to need to ask somebody for permission to do it with the script in hand. Because sometimes when you have to replace someone at the last minute for a while, you need somebody has script in hand. And I finally, I was running all around and I finally got the permission to do that. And then my lines are not in my script. Mm-hmm. At all. Yeah, that's going to mess you up. So then I'm running all over the place and I'm asking for someone to go on stage to say, sorry, this show is canceled. Actually, I'm leafing through the script, like trying to desperately find lines so I can remember the next scene so I can get on and do something and at least keep the show going somehow. That doesn't happen. And nobody wants, I can't find the director anymore. I can't find the stage manager anymore. None of the castmates want to go make the announcement. And I'm about to go on the, I'm about to go on stage to make the announcement and I am in my underwear as I'm about to go out. So I realized I don't have pants. So now I'm searching around, running, looking around for my pants. Yeah, that'll, that'll mess with you. And that's when I finally woke up. <laughs> yeah, that's not exactly a fun dream. That's no, because I'm like running and panicked and running and panicked and I have, it felt because you lose the sense of time. It felt that's what I was doing for right. three hours. I know I did sleep because I had a dream. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like I slept. <laughs> feel like I ran a marathon. Man, I was exhausted. <laughs> I spent so much time running. Oh, man. Whew. So, yeah, kids, you're getting this at our best. Not exactly. <laughs> a couple of zombies to start your day off, but that's okay because that's sometimes how it goes. Last night, I didn't do my, I was going to do an ASMR and the night got away from me and I looked at my clock, my clock, my watch. I'm like, oh my God, it's 10 o'clock. And I got up to use the toilet and I came out of the toilet and I looked at Bridget and I said, I have to go to bed right now. She goes, why? I go, I almost passed out. I'm so tired. The whole so- right off. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Similar to you in that sense. I was like, I, I said, no, I have to go to bed right now. She was really, I go, yeah, I'm about to pass out. I'm that tired. I climbed into bed and of course lied there for 30 minutes before I fell asleep. But mm. woke up at two and yeah, woke up at two with terrible heartburn because we had spicy chicken quesadillas at around 8 p.m. I think, which is late for me to eat. So my body's not liking me right now. <laughs> Good morning to Kit U Tavi G, Kit Elaine, Kit Ellen. Kit Linda M, Kit Saucy, Kit Mohan, hello family, Kit Cassie, hello dear, how are you today? And let's see who else we have, Kit the Daily Beaver, hello, yes, good morning, damn fam, happy new year, he says to all of you, that's great, hope you are having a kick-ass new year as well, good friend. And that's the kids that are with us today, here in the chat, thank you so much, ah, today... 
um, I'm changing a little bit, kids. <laughs> we have a, we have a couple of we have a couple of things to to address. Um, yes, and I've got a video queued up that you wanted me to queue up. So, yes, I, I can bring that up and we can uh, get rolling with that. All right, let's do that. Well, today we are going to explore the Prime Minister's year-end interview with the CBC. Now, as Pierre Podiev had made himself available for year-end interviews with the likes of T-Rex, as T-Rex Murphy and Andrew Lawton and those types, but had no time for CTV or CBC, the Prime Minister had time for CTV, CBC, Global, and I believe City News. Yeah, so he did what the Prime Minister does and did his job, which makes one wonder if Pierre Polyev was ever to be ascend to that level, which uh, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that never happens. Would he even address things that he's supposed to address or would he just run away and hide? And I'm getting the vibe that he would run away and hide because we all know him to be a coward. And he will only take an interview from somebody who will give him favorable uh, play. Yep, that's the reason why he didn't do one with the major network now, did he? Yeah, just with the Friends. private equity-owned Andrew Lawton as part of what, the Canada Proud, is it? I believe so. Uh, I'm not, that one I'm not sure, but that whole yeah. side of the ledger, let's just put yeah, it that way. Exactly. That yeah, exactly, that Cryer Media is fighting against. So anyway, let's have a yeah. look at this video. All right. Do you, so want, do you want me to start at the first clip or from the very beginning? Uh, let's start from the first clip. Specifically, okay. we don't need to do all the pleasantries. Okay, one second. Country is making a huge difference already. Do you think that young people need to start thinking about the idea that they won't be able to afford a home? No. That they will be lifelong renters? No, I think young people are rightly worried about that because right now the situation is so difficult. But the things we're putting in place means that young people will be able to aspire to, to own a home. And I take that, I take that almost personally yeah. because when we elected in 2015, it was because a whole bunch of young people who'd never voted before, even into their early 20s, came out and supported us at the first, for the first time yeah. and the only time. And we made a commitment to them. We were going to make things better, even as we knew things were really difficult. Are you still wearing enough? <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, Seriously? Yeah, because uh, because of the, the account I'm using doesn't have, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll speed past that because <laughs> I have I have a couple of accounts. I love it. One of my accounts I pay for, and I avoid ads. But obviously, this account isn't one of them. Superstar. <laughs> Let's back that up. Oh, that's really annoying. You know what's funny though? I saw something the other day that made me laugh hysterically. Was when a DJ was playing Christmas Party, and he was using the non-subscription version of Spotify, oh. uh, which means an ad popped up right in the middle of the song. And he was like, was like no, dude, if, I, I've been DJing for a long time. When I need to use a streaming service, I make sure it's paid up and ready to go because you don't want that headache. This is just funny. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> There's a global context right now means we have even more to do and I need to keep the promise of those young people and that's exactly why we're focusing so much on delivering that kind of progress and the kind of sustainable future that we know they need. Okay. Well All right. I wanted to start with that part specifically because that's a tough question. That was what, two minutes in? Yeah, two right, minutes right from 40, the get-go. Two minutes, 42 seconds. 214, right 215. 214, 215. So there was a question that there were some pleasantries, the introduction, the ball of music and all that kind of stuff, some pleasantries, and they just jumped right into it. There was a question that led to that one, and uh, boom, right away. Yeah. Like this, with yeah, pretty I'm, tough questions. With a pretty tough question. Not explain the housing crisis or what are you doing to solve it young people specifically mm -hmm. who are worried or concerned or believed, should they still be? And the interesting thing that he did there was link his answer back to his election victory. His first Which one. is something the Cons do all the time, right? Yeah. But he linked it back because if you remember, 
in his first cabinet, not only was it, but he was the prime minister, but he was also the minister of youth. Mm -hmm. And in mm -hmm. that election campaign, there were things such as legalization of marijuana and all those things that would appeal to young Canadians. The promise to include transgender people as a protected class within the charter of rights and freedoms and those types of things. Mm -hmm. He's showing that he hasn't forgotten where he's come from here. Unlike someone else who has really forgotten his constituents in his writing. You think? Yep. Which has led to a man named Bruce Fanjoy having decided a good while ago. Yes. A good while ago that Carlton deserved better. I think he's what in the second year at least, if not third, of going door to door, knocking, talking to people trying to present them with an option because he knows that writing has been abandoned. Completely. Skippy's been campaigning for two years now. Yeah. Before he was even leader of the party, he's been campaigning to try and campaigning for a position that you don't run for. He's bragged on his Twitter feed at the end of the year. He's held 43 different town halls. 43. Yeah. Yeah. That's we paid for in a non-election year. And then, yeah, in a non-election year. 43, let's all get together and hate Trudeau and hate progressives. I'm telling you who to hate. Let's pit Canadians one against one another rallies. And like I said, we paid for it because it's all tax dollars that he it may be portions of funds he's raised to rent the hall have been privately funded, but the travel, his expenses, that's all on yes, us. Because he's doing it as party leader. And it's all on us. All on us. And let's remember that all the donations he gets from them, there's a very high percentage. I think it's 60 or 75. Mm -hmm. That's We pay that. There's a political donation tax credit. Mm -hmm. We, the tax credit, we pay. Yeah. So he's fleecing us. It's. It's pathetic. It's annoying. It's a piss off. It makes me angry. Yep. What can we do? It's literally a misappropriation of our public funds for strictly partisan purposes. The whole exercise of defining the other guy. Mm -hmm. That's is, a partisan is, activity. Is it even allowed? This is the question I have. And, and I'm not the only one asking it. Shouldn't Elections Canada be looking into this? Because he's campaigning when it's not an election year. There's no writ dropped. There's... But there's no rule that says you can't. Okay. The law, unless the law expressly forbids something, it allows it. What he chooses to do with his time, he still has rules on spending and all that type of stuff that he has to respect. And his rallies, maybe they, maybe it does come from party funds specifically and not the Office of Parliament budget. Now, if he does something like links a vacation to go spend time with the family friend with an event that another MP has organized in another writing that happens to coincide with that. And therefore you are going on party funds. Mm -hmm. Hello, Michelle Ferrari. Yes. Um, we see you. That may be a little more dicey, but you still have that fig leaf that you were going to a series of events that was organized by another party member in another writing, and you are the critic, not shadow minister, because it doesn't exist, mm -hmm. of whatever it is that she has family, I think youth and social services, which she really should not be, <laughs> of all the portfolios. You, that's unethical and it's lawful but it's awful. Yeah, it's terrible. It's not an explicit via 
explicit violation. It's just that if it gets up into the public, it creates a little mess that you need to clean up where all of a sudden you have a whole bunch of additional videos explaining. It was a, it's not a vacation. It's a trip. When you bring the kids, it's a trip. Mm -hmm. It's work. Nice try. They tried to make hay out of the prime minister's vacation, which turns out to be less than the average Canadian. And we, nobody knows where PP went. No, he's been missing for how long well, he, since his press conference in the synagogue? He had to recycle yes. a video from two years ago to send us a Christmas greeting, why it is he did not have time or the ability, or maybe Anita was not available to do a video for this year. Just asking questions. The prime minister is single after all. Yeah, that's true. But he's also a single dad. When he has the custody of the kids. Didn't they take a Christmas vacation together? Yes, they did. As a they did. Yeah. Yep, yep. Because they're putting the kids first. Yeah. And that's what you do. Yep. You're showing that mom and dad could still get along despite. Yeah. It makes, there are some interesting contrasts. So yes, he can get away with it, but it's the public relations issue of how are you spending your time? for example, with mm -hmm. regard to your constituency and with regard to moving forward the affairs of the people. He really does look more like he's someone who likes to spend our money to promote himself rather than promote any of our issues or our causes or try to find solutions. And that was made evident this year by the year an interview from the Conservative Party of Canada to which Jepodiev did not go for CTV, yeah, but Melissa Lansman did. Yes. And during that interview, very, I'm not going to say she did it with an arrogant tone, well, but arrogantly, she basically informed us all that we will have to wait until during the election to find out what it is that they have in store for us. And that until then, they're going to focus on making the case that the prime minister is just not doing the job well. So in other words, we are going to get a steady stream of CPC propaganda BS until the election starts. And only during those 36 to 38 days or however days there is going to be, mm -hmm. is we have an opportunity to actually find out what it is, discuss it, try and debate it, try to get them to answer questions in it. In an election campaign, when we quickly move on to the next day's announcement, the next day's announcement, they're trying to bury it big time. And even though we are paying for their operations as a party and we are paying X number of percentage of whatever they use their party funds that they've raised for all these town halls, paying to them that way, apparently we are not allowed to know what it is they have in store for us. Of course not. No, that's a transparency in government right there, isn't it? That's no. And it's pretty arrogant and it's very insulting to our intelligence. So we'll we'll tell you what we're gonna do when we when we start to campaign. Excuse me. Shouldn't you have a platform right now? I know what their platform is. I'll tell you exactly what their platform is. Trudeau bad, we'll do better. He's responsible for everything that's bad in your life. We'll make it better. And look at those people By over there. taxes. And look at those people over there. Yes. We're going to cut taxes and we're going to... You don't like them, we don't like them either. Boy, are they've they going to all pay. the programs that benefit you. So you're going to suffer. That's what they're going to do. She wouldn't directly answer whether or not they'd cut $10 a day daycare or dental care or the upcoming pharmacare. She wouldn't comment on that, which I thought was suspect. Yep. Just like Andrew Shear wouldn't comment on abortion or same-sex marriage or... It's because it's all in their mandate to eliminate all of it. Yep. If they had to run on what they actually want to do, they would never win. Kitland Amgos might be a good tactic to do what Harper did and call a longer election period. Mm. I would not disagree. I would not disagree. Don't give them just 36 days. That's what they're planning for. Just 36 days of big information push. Stretch it out a little longer. If we have a 75-day campaign, I think people would have a harder time explaining why it is he doesn't want to show up to a debate. Might even make it impossible for him to not show up at the debate and just pay the fine. As he's prone to do. 
this a little extra scrutiny time might be a good idea. Yeah. All right. In the next segment, he's talking about Chapodiev. And again, very interesting question from Rosie Barton here. She's not she's not giving him puff questions. No. Let's put no. it that way. And he's responding as a elder statesman should. Okay, let's talk about some are still difficult. The rate of inflation has declined. The food inflation is still punished for a lot of Canadians. They're feeling squeezed. They have to make really hard choices. Do I get Christmas presents? Do I buy this many groceries? Those are real things that are happening to people. It does seem, though, as though Pierre Poiliev understood that and tapped into that long before you did. Oh, well, absolutely. Why, why is that? Why well, did no, you no, not no. see I mean, that? It's not that he understood that. It's that he's done a really job of reflecting that back and amplifying it to people. We've been hearing that across the country for years but why now, did particularly you not out reflect of the it back and amplify it back? Why did, you, why did that room be what, what room left to him? And so he left to him when you're trying to solve an extremely complex situation that require a number of different solutions. Yes, we delivered a grocery. Yes, we cut childcare fees in half. Yes, we stepped up with increasing the Canada Child Benefit. Yes, we're working on competition to make sure that the big grocers don't take advantage of the very small number of very large grocery chains in this country. Mm -hmm. Those are all complex and different paths. Sure. Whereas if you're just shouting and saying, it's Trudeau's fault, uh, he's raising it, the price of everything because he's put he's fighting climate change mm -hmm. and put a, a price on pollution that's a really easy message and the things that we are doing are meaningful and real and thoughtful and we're busy doing them not just taking out uh, uh, YouTube space on amplifying those concerns but is it possible that people no longer like the solutions you have or no longer think the solution the table are adequate I don't worry so much about that because they're not looking to Polyev because he's got all these solutions. He's not putting any solutions on the table at all. The solutions he does venture forward, people, experts, not us, criticize, is riddled with inaccuracies and unworkable and not going to solve the problem. So we are putting forward meaningful solutions. It's just so much of this is linked to international context, inflation's high everywhere. It's better in Canada, but it's, that's no comfort when people are having trouble paying their groceries. This is a reality right now that we are working incredibly hard to solve day by day, step by step, and it's starting to work. But Canadians are still frustrated at not feeling it yet, and I totally understand that. The, the whole now that's how you answer that type of question. The beginning of it, I see the kits there. It goes, that clip will be used against him. Yeah, that will. The bit, they'll take that first bit. And when he goes, yes, mm -hmm. I'm saying yes to the fact he amplified it and was effective at amplifying it and reflecting back. Um, but there, if you're doing politics in full sentences, that's your answer. That, because PNC by goes, that was pretty much a perfect answer. Mm -hmm. right? He empathized with people going on, with what people are feeling. He expressed confidence in his moves. And he's saying, I don't worry so much about that because you know, these things are there. He created the contrast of trying to drive up YouTube activity versus having thoughtful and meaningful solutions. Or any solution whatsoever other than Trudeau bad. So that's why you have to watch the whole interview. Now, fortunately, CBC, the issue panel, and these types of events are probably the most watched oh, yes. types of events yeah, when it comes to that. So this message will get out to many people, but it gets out once. And only once, unfortunately. It, it doesn't yeah. get repeated ad nauseum on the news cycle every 24 hours, and it should be. It should be, uh, because you know that uh, the cons will recycle whatever they can, every opportunity they get. And let me rephrase yeah. that. And I've been trying to correct myself. The reformers, because they're not conservatives. The reformers will regurgitate. How many times have they regurgitated Skippy eating an apple being an arsehole to a small town newspaper editor? 
Mm -hmm. This thing, this type of answer is a fulsome answer. It's what you want. It's what you expect. And you would think that the response of media would be, the prime minister can answer these questions this way, this way. Why can't you? The prime minister headline, prime minister draws contrast with Kolyevre as being empty. Mm -hmm. But the headlines that came out of this one was prime minister credits Polyev with breaking even the CBC, mm -hmm. the allegedly liberal propaganda issuing always in the bag of the prime minister's back pocket and in the bag of the prime minister, according to the conservatives who always end up quoting it, even though apparently it has no value. And people from the sun, like Lori, who keeps on quoting CBC articles to make a point while saying the CBC should be, it's like pick a lane people. Um, yeah. It's either propaganda or it's not, but you can't be using it to prove your point when it writes something unflattering about the prime minister. And then still call it propaganda. And they do it all. Propaganda in the bag of the prime minister, then they wouldn't be writing anything negative about it. They actually framed that answer as Prime Minister gives credit to Pierre, even though he said, no. This is not a, this is not a compliment. <laughs> he gives credit to Pierre Polyev for stirring the pot of rage. Yeah. If the CBC truly believes it's truly a propaganda unit for the Prime Minister, they're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just, all right. Yeah. Let's move to the next clip, Mr. Grizzly, where he's talking about the home heating carve out. Now, this is a really cool. Okay. Just give me a second. Yeah. I didn't know. The, the home this. heating carve out, uh, which you've talked about a lot and all your ministers have talked about a lot, it does seem to me that that carve out was a recognition that when you have a carbon price and other factors are at play, inflation being one of them and transition is harder, that you are willing to recognize that a carbon price is sometimes too hard for people. First of all, the reflection around how we put a price on pollution, a carbon price, was always wrapped up in the affordability concerns. We knew that we couldn't fight climate change unless we were also supporting families who in this fight. We can't just land it on people. And that's why we designed it so that across the country, eight out of 10 families do better with the rebate checks that show up uh, every three months then it costs them in carbon pricing, except in a couple of places where the prevalence of home heating oil, which is dirtier and more expensive, mm -hmm. meant that they weren't being as better off. So we saw that as a, a gap in our approach that we chose to fix. So we're suspending the price yeah. on pollution home heating oil and we're accelerating the transition to uh, uh, heat pumps. It looked though like you were just trying to save a bunch of seats. It looked like you were responding to MPs who were saying to you, if you don't do something to help me, I'm out of here. No, it was the fact that there were people genuinely struggling, lower income sure, families that are reliant can be true, on- can they not? But they were reliant on home heating oil, which is dirtier, more expensive, and more vulnerable to international price shock. Sure. This was a specific thing to solve with people for whom the carbon price wasn't providing I get that, that but, but it can also be true that there was a political problem. Politics is about responding to sure. people's problems, sure. and and that doesn't mean that there wasn't deep, real policy concerns for it. We chose to phase out oil. Now we're choosing. Sorry, we chose to phase out coal. Now we're phasing out home heating oil. That's these are things that are good for the environment that go alongside a price on pollution. All right, another unfortunate slip that will probably be clipped out. Yes. <laughs> but again, as Kit PC bio goes, another complete answer. I, I wish he had been there to see it all, Mr. Grizzly. But he was asked the question, and the journalist had here not a narrative. I'm not going to say narrative, but a road they really wanted to go down. And the interview subject was not going down that road. Mm -hmm. So she challenged. And what did you see in terms of response? She actually challenged twice. Mm -hmm. 
this. Um, and the prime minister took on the challenge, integrated it into his answer, and answered the challenge while continuing to answer the original question. Did not hear the reframe it, didn't, didn't respond with a question, just actually did what one should do in a position like that. Compare and contrast to Pierre Troliev. Yes. He would not be able to withstand that pushback, that pressure. Was it a political decision? Was it because he had to, people are really saying that this will it really does look like that. Yeah. But notice how he made the point that we've been making on the show all the time. Mm -hmm. It's dirtier. It's more expensive. And he added the third point, which we hadn't made because I hadn't thought of it. This, but as everybody is making the argument, oh, they're getting preferential treatment. They were being the opposite of preferentially affected by the fact of the reality of carbon pricing on home heating oil specifically. You have to buy so much more of it. It is dirtier. It is more polluting yes. and it is more subject to international price shocks. Uh, Everybody else has the benefit of a certain stability. Mm -hmm. yes. And as we said, it's a twofer, right? It actually is meeting the goal of making life more affordable and having everyone treated a little more equally, as well as actually reducing the amount of carbon we issue. So isn't this a net positive? Very rarely do you have a policy decision like this that helps you meet two of your major goals at the same time. Mm -hmm. It would be really silly to say to just let that sit there and not address it. As I've said time and time again, this has been a transformative government, and I think I can compare it to Lester B. Pearson, his, the, his years as prime minister, and what they accomplished as a minority government. History will look back on this man and say, he did a lot of good for Canada. Mm -hmm. You've already got other world leaders who have said, he's the most progressive leader there is. Mm -hmm. And it's true. The most successful progressive leader on earth. Yeah. It's true. There's no denying it. And I know a lot of people get bent out of shape and go, he's a treasonous, traitorous uh, dictator. I'm like, no, he's none of those things. If you actually knew the definition of any of those terms, you would recognize that he is the furthest thing from all of them. Mm -hmm. And of course, even P Pierre Polyev said that to Andrew Lawton. Oh, he's a, a, a dictator. He's a, I'm like, oh my God, he's an authoritarian. Like, are you, are you looking in the mirror describing yourself? Because that's who you are, Pierre Polyev, calling you out. We know you're an authoritarian dictator. We know it. You just said, if I'm prime minister, I will not allow any ministers to go to the World Economic Forum. But I thought you were all about freedom, Pierre. You've mm -hmm. just taken away their freedom of choice. That's funny how that works. Yeah. Now we have comments from the kits here based on that uh, segment of the interview, and that's exactly what I expected to get. Some kits going, yes, Rosie, I believe both was true. Mm -hmm. Because both was true. And you see in his answer that the Prime Minister acknowledged that both were true because, yeah, there was a problem. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. There was a problem. There was a political problem. We had a group of people in Canada because of the manner in which their homes were being heated were being put at a disadvantage. And that needed to be corrected, which he actually did say. And then we have the group that say, for example, I've been following Rosie for a while. I always thought she was fair, but I could see a shift in her style and attitude and being upset with that line of questioning. He goes, I would propose to you that that's the type of questioning that should be done as standard operating procedure, but on everyone. She did her job. Oh, yes. I think we think that this is going on. No, this is not what's going on. But really, is it not because there's this? No, that's really not going. Are you really sure? Because there's this too. No, it's not. That's what we want. I had a conversation just the other day with a gentleman. I just met him for the first time. 
And I, we had a, a brief conversation, told him about the podcast. And, and I said, I'm center left. I don't deny it. I am. I'm center left. He goes, yeah, but I'm not in love with Trudeau. I just like him for this, that, and the other thing. And I go, I don't love him on everything, everything either. I said, but please tell me, do we have a viable alternative? And he said, no, absolutely, we do not. We don't have an alternative. And is the one that we have right now minimally competent? Uh, he, he's, uh, I like Jagmeet Singh when he first got in and he had the right things to say, but he's gone down the same pathway that Polyev has. And he says, and Polyev is just not fit to lead a Boy Scout troop. He's just not fit. I'm like, I know. Like him, love him, or hate him. He's the best alternative we have. He's the best, he's the single best choice we have to lead this nation. You want Unless a all of a person? sudden somebody comes along. Yeah. And, and again, we no longer have a progressive conservative party in this country. As millions of progressive conservatives have come to realize, I was abandoned by the party. Charles Adler said it live on national television during an election. And it broke him emotionally. Kit Cassie mentions it frequently in the chat here. Yes. Progressive conservatives don't have a home anymore. Yeah. And that's why when we say this show is progressive and not partisan. That's right. We put our biases up front. Mr. Grizzly is probably more progressive even than I am. I'm pretty much right down the center. Mm -hmm. But if I'm supporting a policy that the right describes as really progressive, like the UBI, I'm actually looking at it more from a progressive conservative point of view, actually. How much are we saving by doing that? It's, I'm that's looking exactly at, how I see it. It's I'm a looking saving at, program. It's a, a program that saves, that allows us to have additional money to do other things with, that maybe we can't do progressive things with. Right? Keeping so, people poor costs us all money. Yeah. As left as I seem because I believe in treating everybody equally and rights for rainbow people and rights for the disabled. These are actually inherently, if you were like putting them on a graph, this mm -hmm. progressive conservative concepts. And as we've said, uh, but they've moved Manitoba. so far to, they've moved so far to the right. Mm -hmm. Yes. That progressive conservative values are being described as wholly leftist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Left of NDP, they're being described as. Which is ridiculous. That's how far gone they've gone to the right. It's Reform Party. It's all it is. They're just the Reform Party with a new name. They don't care about you. They do not want to govern. They want to rule over you. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And, and, PNC Bio, the NDP is the closest thing to the progressive conservatives now, certainly west of Ontario. We've said that a few times. The Manitoba NDP is a progressive conservative party, especially if you look at their platform. Uh, mm -hmm. Rachel Notley and the NDP in, in, in Alberta, that's not Ed Broadbent's NDP. It's not Jack Layton's NDP. It's Brian Mulroney's progressive conservatives. Yeah. Unfortunately, we talked too much. So we won't be able to do the final two clips. Oh, sorry. Um, no, that, that's both of us. Let's skip the stuff on foreign policy. We'll save it for another show. Okay. Let's and let's just go to the end, uh, how he ends it. Um, the foreign policy thing, the reason why I'm skipping it is that he's talking about four different subjects. There's China, there's India, there's the Middle East, and the United States. The United States stuff is just stuff about Trump, so we're not going to bother to do that because he gets too much airtime already. Uh, but we'll talk about the, that part on tomorrow's show because there's some very interesting content there that uh, you should be hearing. But let's go with how he ends it because this is, again, a very interesting line of questioning. Very well done. One second here till I get it queued up. Just as I had it queued up and a commercial came on. Uh, uh, oh, I, I muted it. Sorry. The challenge oh, is that let's have the question. The Liberal Party and this government, with the, I would say, so we'll you're set that up again a little bit too. Is there anything that would convince you to step aside and let someone else lead the Liberal Party and this government? Listen, with the challenges that people are facing right now with the way the world is going now and everything that we are doing that is making positive differences in a very difficult time that isn't done yet i wouldn't be the person i am and be willing to walk away from this right oh. now there is so much important work to continue to do at a time where 
it is really difficult. It is really challenging. And the global winds that are fitting not just our democracies, but our economies, our social cohesion, mean that the things that we got elected to do, whether it's fighting climate change, reconciliation with Indigenous people, strengthening inclusion and opportunity, and doing it yeah. all with a focus on the middle class and people working hard to join it, I think to my, where would we be right now if we hadn't brought in childcare, if we shown leadership on climate change and drawing in global investments? You know, we have more to do, and right now, all that is going to be at stake in the next election with a very clear choice of either going backwards and doing less or nothing on climate change, on reconciliation, on inclusion, on growing a strong economy in meaningful ways, or do we keep rolling up our sleeves and delivering for Canadians? You uh, also had some personal challenges and changes in your life, uh, in your family and your separation with your wife. I wonder whether you think, now that you've had a little time to consider it perhaps, whether it affected your ability to focus on your job? Because those are some heavy things happening in the background. There were, I wouldn't... You know, I gotta think about, I, I realize as a journalist, it's a question that she needs to ask. Yep. I get it. And it was a legitimate question. Yes, it is. It is a legitimate question. Still and it's, see, and I know, that's why I wanted to play this section, because I know there will be reactions. Why is she asking these? She's asking these because these are the things that are being set up by the other side, and she's giving mm -hmm. him an opportunity. To push back. Right? It's what you do with the question. It is. Well, it, look, it's like, people are asking, the question has been asked. Like, mm -hmm. And these are fair questions. It is a fair question. Has it affected your ability to do your job? Because That's a legitimate question. So all this is a de depends on what color of glasses you watch this through. Mm -hmm. If you're watching this through rose-colored glasses, thinking, okay, not mm -hmm. rose-colored, but rosier than rosier. the glasses that the conservatives want us to wear. Let's mm -hmm. put it that way. It's, this is a question that's on people's minds. It's an accusation that has been made. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you an opportunity to respond to it. How you handle the questions up to you. Remember, as you handled mm -hmm. the pushback in the previous one, by asking and insisting, you're asking someone to really defend what it is that they're saying to stand up and whether or not the answer falls apart. The answer did Which not fall apart that? in the previous section. No, so it's not going to now. So it's not going to. So this is a question. You can't do a year-end interview with a leader of a nation that has had a public divorce. And ignore it. And not ask the question because mm -hmm. everybody watching, she didn't ask, right? You're saying yeah. no, no, she it's, didn't it's, ask. It's, it's a legitimate question. It is. How you I ask think. the question matters. And it's not like he hasn't lived this experience either. Exactly. As a child, his father went through the same thing while he was in office. Yeah. So let's look at the, the rest of the answer. I wouldn't say directly because I have an amazing team of extraordinary ministers around who are doing great work. But one of the things that this personal process and personal year has led to me was a renewed focus on the things that really matter. And, and for me, at the center of it is building a better country and a better future for my kids. Yeah. Uh, and recommitting myself to that specifically and to the work that we still have to do to make sure that Canada continues to be the best country in the world. That has given me new energy, and I'm excited about uh, all the very real challenges we're going to face in 2024. What is, where do you find optimism right now? Because I think that's something Canadians are struggling with. I think there is a frustration, anger, impatience, yeah. all those things. And I wonder where you find that and where you would tell them to find it. Two things. First of all, a lot of the things that we're putting in the place now are going to be delivering in the coming years. As we're seeing inflation getting under control, as we see interest uh, hopefully coming down in sometime in 2024, that's going to take pressure off. As we see $10 a day childcare become a reality across the country. But the building blocks are there. But even that's not even where I draw most of my inspiration right. from. It's our fellow Canadians. We saw it during the worst forest fire season on his, in history over the summer. The way people stepped up for each other, the way people were there for each other, the way people are there now 
food banks, supports, the way communities are coming together. Yeah, they're united and all being mad at the federal government and the governments right now because there's something to be mad about there. But at the same time, those people who throw up their hands and say, oh, Canada's just broken, couldn't be wronger because Canadians are not broken. They're facing really tough times, mm -hmm. but we're doing what we always do as Canadians. We roll up our sleeves, we're there for our neighbours, we lean into the headwinds, and we succeed. Some people don't buy that, though. I understand how tough it is right now. Yeah. But what people need to be looking for is who is actually looking to solve the challenges we're facing and who's just looking to exploit them or amplify them. And that is going to be the choice that will shape the next two years of politics. Prime Minister, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Perfect answer. That was, yeah. Perfect answers. That was that's how you handle those questions. They are legitimate mm -hmm. questions. It's not a low blow to ask. No. It's only a low blow to ask if you don't have an answer. You try to avoid the answer. Yeah. So as Kitsasi goes, interesting, that answer makes me feel Sophie was done and he couldn't risk leaving the helm. Pure speculation on my part. I share that exact same speculation, Kitsasi. Same thing. I, Can't I, go I now. Hey. I signed on for eight years. That was it. And look what's happening. Look at the tide. Look at this stuff, like what they do to our kids. Look what they do to yeah. us. Look at the, they go to an event like this and they're throwing rocks at you. I do not want to get a phone call mm -hmm. that you were out of town oh, all of a sudden something, and something happened. I don't like that they're bringing our kids into it just because you decided yes. to take them to see Barbie. I guess. Yeah. And yeah that, all of it, right? remember when they decided, when he took his son to see Barbie, mm -hmm. it wasn't just like virtue signaling quite right. I guess, hey, is that your husband, your new boyfriend? And then when yeah, he took yeah. his daughter to see Oppenheimer because of what she was wearing. Yeah. Slappy one. They labeled it Croppenheimer. Yeah. Like, so I, I, I can I, understand I believe... someone saying, you know what? I'm out. Oh, and I think you're right about that, Ree. I honestly do. I think she just said, I, I can't take this anymore. It's gotten worse since we first got here and I just can't handle it. And I understand that. You're only human and you have limitations on what you can deal with. And and Sophie's been out of the spotlight for a while. Mm -hmm. She's been avoiding the limelight for a long time, probably because she's, no matter what I do, they're going to pillory me. So screw it. I'm just going to step back in the shadows. And I think you're right. She just said, I can't do this anymore. I'm out. And he's like, I can't leave now. Mm -hmm. There are 40 million Canadians that need leadership and guidance. And look at the alternative. <laughs> and I'm the son of a prime minister. Yes. Who is also transformative. Mm -hmm. And here you have an interesting battle where the minions and the trolls on the conservative side are calling the Trudeau marriage a sham marriage because... Well, of course, everything's I'm rubber, you're glue. When we're looking at the Polyev marriage, there's lots of uh, speculation as to whether or not it was a white wedding. Mm -hmm. First of all, and then you see the awkward videos and whether or not it's trying too hard. And then we're asking why it is he doesn't go to get his Etsikop security clearance. That would mean, mean looking into certain things about people with whom he's now associated, yeah. including his spouse and her family, and he's not going for it. And then you look at a couple that just split up. So everybody's wondering if that one is actually the Sasha marriage. Of course, I'm rubber, you're blue. No, the Trudeau's was a sham marriage as mentioned by the, as evidenced by the divorce. That's a fact. It's not a fact. None of us know the reason why the divorce happened. Prime Minister hasn't speculated or talked about it in public. Well, they're not even divorced yet. They're just separate. Yes, they're separate. So nobody's talked about that. but. There have been plenty a union that have been dissolved by the mere fact of intensity of the spotlight when you're a public figure. The amount of rumors floating around about Lorene Harper, that she yeah. was rainbow, that she had a girlfriend, that she was dating an RCMP officer that was on the security detail. They were all just that, rumors. None of it was true. None of it was true. And I, I'd read these things and I'd hear about them and I'd discuss them with people and I go, I don't think any of that is true. I remember I heard some of them. Then I had a chance to meet Ms. Harper a couple of times. Lorene's a lovely lady. I, I, 
I met her a couple of times. She was very pleasant. Our interactions were very pleasant. I've since seen her regurgitate some reform party stuff online that I don't care for. It's not like we're close friends, so me calling her out is not going to make a damn bit of difference. She met me twice. <laughs> we, we didn't go for tea at the Chateau Laurier. She met me twice when I was working. And there, again, we're presenting our best face. She's a lovely lady when she's dealing with people that are working in her home that can go out and say, hey, I met Mrs. Harper. Mm -hmm. You can choose to not be lovely, but that mm -hmm. will be very useful. She liked to ride around town on her motorcycle, so that immediately made her a lesbian. Yes. And really, I, and I cannot say that I did not do the just asking questions things. Oh, yeah. Part, I'm well guilty of it, too. That's but like, I looked I, more into it. And after I met yeah. her, I'm like, that's not true at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. It's rumors that people like to float. I asked the question, too. I did. I got sucked into the siphon of regurgitated garbage. I so many of us do. We're only human. I did, too. It looked very convincing. Oh, yes. But not a shred of evidence but to back any of it up. Yep. Kids and cubs. That's the end of this episode. Is it not, Mr. Grizzly? Yes, it is, sir. Yes, it is. All right. We hope that you love listening to us because we love making this for you. Of course, sharing is caring. And please, as a result, let your kids, your own kids, your own cubs, let them know about us and your peeps and poops as well. Spread the word. Thank you very much. We appreciate everything you do to help promote the show. If you would like to make sure that you do not miss an episode, you can go to our pod page site. That's podpage.com slash the true north eagle beaver, lowercase letters with a hyphen between each one of those words, sponsored by the Ray Girl. Unfortunately, Mr. Grizzly was explaining to me before the show what it was that was making it so difficult to get the, the shows up. It's really not for lack of trying, kids. No, it's not. I'm... On Friday's show, we discussed some of the technological issues we're having right now, and we're not going to get into it, but yeah. It's, let's just say nothing is cooperating. Nothing is cooperating. I need a new yeah. computer and I can't afford one right now. That's what it boils down to. That's what it boils down uh, to. Yeah. Post-Christmas, I just got the bills rolling in for lots of stuff and I'm like, Ugh. maybe that's why I wasn't sleeping well last night. Just trying to think about all those things. Yeah. Uh, let's talk later on. We'll try and arrange something. Yeah. I'll try and arrange something because, yeah, uh, at one point, you're just going to have a mountain that's going to be so high that of stuff to do that it will be almost impossible with tackle. Insurmountable, so, yes. Yeah. yeah. So let's just let, let, let's put our heads together to creatively find a solution. I think I can help there. Okay. All right. Let's see. I got sidetracked there. Our YouTube channel. Yes. There we go. True North Eager Beaver Media Incorporated YouTube channel. Go over there and make like a kit Elaine and smash with our buttons. We have a tree of them. They're fun. They're delightful. Like, share and subscribe. <laughs> Click all those buttons. They like it when you tickle them. And to all the people that have joined us recently, welcome and thank you very much. And if you would like to help us to do more and you'd like to encourage us to do that after you've paid all your Christmas bills, <laughs> you go to your coffee page, our coffee page, not yours. It is yours because the Beaver Lodge is your home too, but yes, the coffee page there, to which Mr. Grizzly's pointing up there. If you scan that, but if you're not watching and you're listening later on, eventually, <laughs> you go to our coffee page. I did, it's weird where we are in time <laughs> when you're doing two products at the same time. Yes. <laughs> that's ko-fi.com slash eagerbeaver lowercase letters. And that's where you will find the emergency hydration fund tip jar where you can help our friends Caesar and hot chocolate and coffee and all of them just get our show ready for you. All right, from the Beaver Lodge. Oh, democracy is something that you do. Your XBB shots, donate to the Red Cross, write those letters, please. So, just, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. you need to, we need you to be involved. All right. And if you have uh, the ability to go to the Crier Media website and throw in a couple of uh, pennies to help make that One Canada Project reality, that would also be very helpful. That would be great. Yes. From the Beaver Lodge, this is your eager beaver saying it could be a tough world out there. So please be kind to and gentle with yourself. Mr. Grizzly, words of wisdom, please. 
remember to breathe, try and be patient, be express gratitude to those around you and hold on tight kids. The year's just getting started. And we got some fun stuff planned. We have some uh, fun interview guests that have already agreed. So mm-hmm. that'll be fun. Tomorrow, actually, we will have a cranky Canuck. Oh, he agreed to tomorrow. Yep, he agreed to tomorrow. Yes. Awesome. Absolutely. So that's going to be a fun I time. I say he, it could be a they. I don't know. Yeah. And we're, and to maintain the mystery, it will pretty much just be cranky Canuck as we just know cranky curtain. Canuck. Yes. yes and, and, and voice. But that's uh, fine. That's, that's fine. That's fine. We're good with that. <laughs> All right. Mr. Grizzly, please roll the credits. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver media podcast. The True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, Hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. All right, kids, and just a little Easter egg before we leave. Some news about some Canadians who have done us proud. Our Alpine ski team had some success over the holiday break with uh, Cameron Alexander winning bronze in the downhill in Borbio and Val Grenier taking a fourth place in the giant slalom at her event. So Canadians already naturally are racking up some top, not even top tens, top fives already on the ski hills this year. Summer McIntosh earned Canadian Press's Female Athlete of the Year honor. No surprise. Yep. Shay Gilgis. Although I would have thought Maggie would have been in there for all the Pan Am medals she got. So Yeah, yeah. I, and I think it probably would have been her were it not for the fact that Summer McIntosh broke two world records. Yes, earlier in the year. I think and, and I because they look at the whole year too, yeah, right? So. and defeated Katie Ledecky for the first time ever yes. in thirteen years <laughs> for something yes. at home too on US soil. So, um, big thing, big thing. Uh, or just Alec, sorry, Gilgis, there was a Freudian. Alexander earned the CP Male Athlete of the Year, just as he had won the Northern, Northern Star Award from uh, mm-hmm. the star. And the, the Canadian men's basketball team was named the Team of the Year because for the first time ever, they won a medal, bronze, at uh, the FIBA World Championships. Cool. I would have picked the Davis Cup, the, not the Davis Cup, the women's tennis team for having won the Billie Jean King Cup, because for eight glorious days, Canada was the best men's and best women's tennis <laughs> station at the same time in the world. Well, speaking, right. Speaking of Billie Jean King, she was there yesterday at the PWHL Toronto, New York match to drop the uh, ceremonial face-off. Yes. First professional women's hockey game mm-hmm. ever in history. Broadcast, watched it. Unfortunately, the home team, Toronto. Lost 4-0 to New York. There are no team names yet. There are no team logos yeah, yet. Just literally, it just says the name of the city across yeah. their sweater. And they said that was quite okay because uh, Jana Heffert, who I believe won two gold medals for us as part of the Olympic teams, uh, she's now the vice president of operations. And she said, we focused on getting the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, fully in place before the season started. Again, Billie Jean King, right? Mm-hmm. with yeah. tennis, what you did. So what they're doing for tennis, they're doing for hockey. So they got the maternity leave benefits and everything mm-hmm. set up, finalized, not unlike the way women's soccer team, they don't have to worry about anything about their contract. They can just focus on the game. Hockey. And both owners and players in this league actually have a vested interest in having that uh, done and settled. And they're working in the same direction, which is a nice, refreshing change. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I gotta go. I get to work. I'll see you. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. 
And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.